The war in Ukraine has brought the world closer to the brink of nuclear annihilation than at any point in the past 40 years. Why couldn't we avert this conflict, and how might we end it? Uh, my name is Kyle Haynes. I'm an associate professor of political science at Purdue University, and I want to dig into these questions a little bit today. Uh, so I'm going to start by talking a bit about why Joe Biden didn't try harder to deter Russia's initial attack on Ukraine. Um, Biden said from the outset that the U.S. wouldn't use military force to defend Ukraine. According to some of his critics, this was basically just giving Putin a green light to go ahead and invade. Why not at least try to instill some doubt in Putin's mind about whether the U.S. would, would intervene directly with its own military? Um, there are basically two reasons for this. Uh, first, it was unlikely to work. After 2014 and the United States' muted initial response to, to Russia's uh, initial invasion of Ukraine, um, it was unlikely that deterrent threats were going to convince Putin uh, that the United States would intervene. But I argue that there's a more fundamental reason here, and that's that Biden was trying to maintain a reputation for honesty in his dealings with Russia. Um, so IR international relations research talks a lot about reputation how and why leaders attempt to cultivate and maintain certain types of reputations. Um, much of this work focuses on reputations for resolve. Uh, resolve meaning basically a willingness to incur costs um, to get what you want. Uh, but Anne Sartori, a political scientist at MIT, has done some really important work showing that leaders also care and benefit from uh, reputations for honesty. Okay, so a, a sort of reputation for saying what you mean um, and following through on what you say. Um, the basic idea uh, here is that refusing to bluff today can make threats tomorrow more credible. Okay, so if we think of American interactions with uh, Russia as part of this sort of broader uh, international or regional interaction, where Biden is especially trying to deter further acts of Russian aggression, especially against NATO allies, uh, this strategy makes a lot of sense. Okay, so when Putin or when when, when Biden says, um, you know, I told you straight up that I wasn't going to defend Ukraine, but if you start massing your forces on the border of Poland or against Estonia, um, these NATO allies, and I say that I will defend them, those words are much more credible simply because you've opted not to bluff in the past, right? So in a lot of ways, um, opting against making strong military deterrent threats over Ukraine could actually enhance deterrence uh, down the road. So that explains a little bit about why Biden tried, didn't even try uh, to deter Russia through military threats in Ukraine. But I want to look forward and talk about how this might all end. In particular, I want to talk about the question of off-ramps, which has become a highly controversial one. Uh, some argue that off-ramps or uh, policy, territorial, or other concessions offered in exchange for ending hostilities essentially reward aggression. Um, they're both immoral and they're likely to encourage more aggression in the future. Um, I think that this, this is a misguided uh, take. The basic logic of an off-ramp is to make peace more attractive um, so that an aggressor has, has greater incentives to, to stop fighting. These off-ramps can be used in conjunction with punishment strategies that make war more costly. Indeed, in a lot of cases, the off-ramps that incentivize uh, peace simply consist of rolling back punishments that were initially imposed um, after the initial act of aggression. So rolling back sanctions on Russia that were imposed over the last month or so um, would be one form of off-ramp. Um, 
that, that, that could make peace much more attractive. Um, so I would argue that the U.S. should indeed offer these off-ramps for Russia for, for two big reasons. First is that the war is enormously costly, most obviously in terms of Ukrainian civilians and civilian infrastructure, but also in terms of the latent risks for escalation, that this war could spiral out of control and result in a direct confrontation between nuclear-armed superpowers. Um, but perhaps less intuitively, um, I want to make the case that off-ramps are really unlikely to encourage future aggression. Okay? And the main reasons for this is that the war has been so devastatingly costly for Russia, both in terms of military costs, its devastated economy, and increased cohesion among the sort of Western alliance, uh, which is opposing Russia's aggression. And this has two big implications. First, that Russia will not emerge from this war in a strengthened position, right? Its military and economy are devastated and its opponents are strengthened, right? So it will not be in a better position to attack its neighbors afterwards. And even significant concessions will not make this war worthwhile for Russia, okay? The logic of an off-ramp is to make peace more attractive than continuing a war you've already started. It doesn't necessarily mean that it leaves Putin better off than if he had never attacked in the first place, okay? So an off-ramp is designed to incentivize peace, but that doesn't mean it makes the initial attack uh, a worthwhile gambit for Putin. Indeed, that's definitely not the case here. So that's basically it. The two big takeaways I want to leave you with here are um, Biden's logic for not trying to deter Putin in order to maintain a reputation for honesty, um, and the logic of off-ramps that will not leave Russia strengthened um, and won't make the war have paid off for Russia going forward. Thanks. Have a good day.